Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Decided to sleep in? Missed your favorite morning show? Yeah, don't worry. It's the Morning After Podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With their pre-owned personal shopper, your requests will be personally handled by their team of salespeople, sales managers, and vehicle buyers, meaning you got someone looking out for you the whole way. And with easy-peasy loan approval, they've got you taken care of in a way that doesn't require a social security number or trigger a credit inquiry. So go check them out, Treasure Valley Subaru at the Idaho Center. Now, for Nick and Big J. Take it away, boys. Oh, Good morning, everybody. Here we are on a Friday morning. It's the 12th day of August, 2022. Welcome to Friday. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yeah. As he enjoys his last day at work for a while, heading out to Las Vegas for an extended period of time. Do you have a reasonable flight tomorrow, or are you off early in the morning? No, it's uh, yes tomorrow, late afternoon. Okay, so you can sleep in a little bit and enjoy a little bit of your Saturday before you head out to the city of sin. Very nice. Congratulations. (laughs) And you got a full itinerary, you were telling me, right? Yeah. Is it four full days just packed with stuff, or five, I guess? I guess. I don't know. You don't even know anymore. You're just along for the ride. Listen, uh, after 10 years, you go where you're told. Sure, but one would think you would ask some questions, but you don't even do that anymore. I mean, listen, here's what I know. I'm going to go. I'm going to have fun. That's all there is to it. Beautiful. And uh, so while before Big J does take off, we have ourselves a series of things we need to get to today. Hey, you want X-Fest tickets? We got your hookup today. What? That's right, baby. Plus, you get qualified for the best seats in the house. Courtesy of Clarity Credit Union, we're excited for that. We'll hook you and a guest up with a very nice kind of like augered off section of the amphitheater floor. You get to sit up on a riser above everybody else in some comfortable chairs, courtesy of the Lifetime Store. Yes, not messing around there. So that's very exciting. Uh, But you definitely will get through the door a couple times over today. So we're excited for that. Plus, you will have a chance to learn what's going on at the lounge at the end of the universe. That is happening uh, later on in the show this morning. We will have some additional cool things happening as the show gets going, so it'll certainly be a Friday show. Big J will have a What You Gonna Do Fire Me song of the day coming up, too. So lots of music and, I guess, entertainment news happening, too. Yeah. Some of it good, some of it bad. It all depends on what kind of side of the aisle you land on, I suppose, when it comes (laughs) to entertainment stuff. But we also play music on this show, so let's get started. Kicking things off with some Radiohead this morning. It's Creep here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. On The Morning After with Nick and Big J. It's been in construction for a while, so those of you that, you know, usually we all have our own little places that we go to shop. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you have a grocery store that is near or close to where you live, and so that becomes by default your location. So those of you that have been shopping at the Albertsons at Five Mile and Eustick may not be surprised by this because you've seen the things happening. But they have done something interesting in that location if you're an Albertsons shopper. They have gotten rid of all the regular checkout lines. Basically, every single lane there at the Five Mile and Eustick location of Albertsons is a self-checkout. Now, some of them are beefed up and a little bit more, you know, advanced than others. Staff, of course, always nearby to help out. But the program, which just launched, basically guides customers through self-checkouts based on how many groceries they have. They have the 10 items or less line, 15 items, 20 items or more lines. So Albertsons replaced the previous small number of self-checkouts with more than two dozen at this particular location. And so it's an opportunity for you to check that out, and they want to kind of see as an experiment how it goes and uh, and see if this is a way to increase kind of, you know, traffic or if people have issues with it or problems and uh, just kind of get an idea of how a location would work with only self-checkout locations. Now, we had talked about this before. You don't use them very much? No. Is there a reason why? Um, I don't know. I'd rather talk to a human being, I guess. Okay. I, like, I like the, you know, saying, hey, how's your day kind of thing with uh, somebody who's in the checkout stand. Plus, you know, I don't want to have to look up, you know, stuff and hit numbers and things like that. Gotcha. <clears throat> when you're, like, buying fruit and produce and things? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, that's almost exclusively all I use are self-checkout lines because I don't mind doing that stuff. And, uh, and again, I... <laughs> Because of my experience in the world, I feel like I can go pretty quick as I used to work at a grocery store. So that's the other element of things, at least for my side of stuff. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this works, and then they'll roll out some results after a couple months, maybe even a year of testing. But this could be the future of grocery store shopping. Who knows? We'll figure it out once Albertsons gets their results. Feel the Dream Games happened last night. Uh, it was the Cubs beating the Reds 4-2 in the second ever game. Uh, they took place in a small throwback field in Iowa, where the 1989 movie was filmed, Field of Dreams, of course. They had some very interesting things happen during the game, including a CGI version of Harry Carey singing the seventh inning stretch, which looked weird. <laughs> and they also had Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad emerging from the cornfield in the outfield, uh, having uh, having some fun and reciting some lines from Field of Dreams, but wasn't nearly as fun of a game, uh, nor with as good a teams as it was last year, so not sure how the ratings did this time around. They also, I saw reports yesterday that uh, they're not going to go back for next year, so this may be the last one no, for a while. it's over. Did you watch any of the NFL preseason last night? I, I did. I didn't. I didn't even know. Oh, there were a couple of games on uh, a couple of television stations. Giants beat the Patriots twenty-three to twenty-one. Ravens beat the Titans twenty-three to ten. The impressive thing about that Ravens game was it was the twenty-first consecutive preseason victory by the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, which of course look at them go. It's gotten them a lot, hasn't NFL. it? Well, I mean, they've gone to the playoffs three of the last oh, four years. Oh, that's great. Who cares? Uh, but, uh, yeah, and if you're a Ravens fan, probably not that much. Well, I mean, the NFL is one of those things where it's not exactly Super Bowl or bust. You can be successful and, and be okay as long as you're going to the playoffs, and people can be pretty happy with that. I mean, just ask Buffalo. But there certainly are expectations there in the city of Baltimore. We'll see what ends up happening this time around. But yes, it still is a preseason game, no matter what. Didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but Weezer was supposed to have a run on Broadway celebrating a couple of their EPs, but that no longer is happening. Rivers Cuomo made the announcement yesterday afternoon on a post on his Discord saying that basically the Broadway shows have been canceled because uh, low ticket sales, Big J. Apparently nobody wanted to see Weezer on Broadway. So they don't know why that's the case. Weezer ticket sales are doing fine pretty much everywhere else. I feel like it's just not the right venue for them. Yeah, not the right audience. Right. I mean, well, I mean, New York City, you know, if they were playing Madison Square Garden, it'd be another thing. But I feel like the Broadway stuff, I'm not sure what was supposed to happen. But also, you know, it's not like Weezer puts on a Broadway-esque kind of show. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, there's nothing to a Weezer show. Right. Except for the band up there playing their their songs. I mean, the other part of it is they were supposed to play five shows in a row, and it was going to go on through yeah, September it's like 13th. A residency. The, yeah, exactly. And so a couple of the shows sold well, but not enough for them to continue it up so no word yet on refunds but just know the weezer on broadway thing ain't gonna be happening here's traffic first round of important stuff done and done now let's go inside the tds fiber traffic center get a word on the ride into work it is brought to you by western heating and air cb eastbound 94 is up to speed from the Carter midland interchange in napa to the flying y in That is sublime what I got here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And I suppose if you're looking for some extra income and you can consider taking a nap anywhere, this could be the perfect job for you. Casper Mattresses. You ever heard of them, Big J? Yes, I have. They are a pretty big mattress company that has been nationwide for a couple of years now. And they want to do some field research, if you will. And so they are looking for what they're calling a professional napper. Now, the company does have some pretty tough requirements if you want this particular gig. They want you to be able to, quote, sleep as much as possible. And you have to be able to sleep anywhere. And that is a skill that some people have and others do not. That's right. You have to be able, in some cases, to sleep in some of their stores during business hours. That is one of the requirements for the job. How awkward. I know. Very awkward. Uh, And probably very difficult as well. But some people can pull that kind of stuff off. Yeah. I mean, I am not one of those. I can't sleep in a moving vehicle. I want to, but I just can't. And so I cannot sleep just anywhere. I have to be comfortable. Now, Casper has not talked about how much the company will pay per hour for the job, but... It did provide a list of perks, including several free mattresses and a chance to show up for work in your pajamas, which is always nice, I suppose, if you have them. But I wanted to know, Big J, do you think the other part of this job that nobody's really talking about is the pressure? 
Like, I, I love naps. You are finally coming around to the world of napping. I don't take them as many as much as I would like, or nor do I need, probably. But I am a fan. But I also know, like, if I come in with a plan where I'm like, I have to take a nap today, or it's a really good idea for me to take a nap, or even if I'm, like, super tired, even if it's, like, bedtime and I go, I have to get some good sleep tonight, that's almost guaranteeing me not to sleep. You know what I mean? Or yeah, not sleep yeah. well. So especially when it's napping middle of the day and I'm not used to sleeping at that particular time, if I say to myself, I have to nap today, it, it almost never will go well. So I can't imagine this would be a job for me. Can you sleep under pressure? Does that make sense? I, yeah, no, I don't think that I can. Yeah, it, it's like it, it's a mind game sometimes, you know? And when you have to talk yourself into it or you know you have to do it, like, I don't know, let's say it's your job to sleep, it probably would not be a good combination for me. But again, I think for part of the job requirements, that's the kind of stuff that don't worry the people that are going to apply for this job or that fit in the job requirements. Because can you sleep anywhere? Can you sleep on an airplane? Uh, If I'm tired enough, sure. Did you sleep at all when you flew internationally? I don't remember. I was, oh, uh, you know, it wasn't a long enough flight. Okay. To Belize. So, so you didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. What Have you looked through, like, what France is going to be? Do you think maybe a nap is going to be required on one of those? Yeah, probably. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, I also, I, I don't think I've never flown internationally, so I don't know. Is Are you flying in a regular plane, or do you have more room in It's those actually a, a huge super ship. Okay. So you have a little bit more room to, like, lay down? There is more room okay. on uh, usually a bigger plane like that, uh, So, uh, but but not a tremendous amount of room. No, it's not like you have, like, your own cabin or anything to, like, yeah, lay down. Yeah, it's not like I'm flying Emirates in the first class right. area where there's, like, a whole apartment. Right. That's a little bit different. But uh, if you're interested, Casper has got the application available for you. Put one in the you. studio. Uh, what, a Casper mattress? Yeah, let's try it out there. Where do you think it would, uh, a mattress would fit in the studio? I don't know, the new one, when we get it. Okay, uh, that makes sense. This, we have a little bit more yeah, room in there. The nap area in the X-Rock Studios brought to you by Casper. You have been pushing for a nap area in this place nap, for years. A nap room. Yes. Uh, and so far, it, your your requests have begun uh, ignored. Well, I'm guessing that will continue. Our old our old GM laughed at me. I mean, I I did kind of bring it up in jest, but there was a part of me that was serious. <laughs> right. I know. I I, w- I think you would take advantage of it if there was a nap room in this place. And it would be. I would end up being more productive. Yeah, that. that might be a tough sell. I, I think two people. I just I, I don't know. I mean, because usually, especially those that approve that kind of stuff, kind of think that sleeping on the job is the antithesis of production. Okay. To be perfectly well, honest, I go to bed, go go leave work earlier than usual to go home and take a nap, but then never come back. Uh, How's that work? Yeah, I think they expect that by now. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your Casper update. We got your what you're gonna do? Fire me song of the day coming up next on the X Rocks. That's going to get your blood flowing on a Friday morning, but what is the reason that you played that song, Big J? Yeah, man. After uh, many, many years, Mudvayne is now back together, and uh, they are uh, touring, and I'm going to be seeing them uh, in Vegas here uh, tomorrow, so I'm super excited about that. The first time I got to see Mudvayne live, it was probably one of the greatest con- I mean, it's it's easily my top three concerts of all time. It's Pledge of Allegiance Tour, Slipknot. Imagine this, Slipknot. Rammstein, System of a Down, and Mudvayne. It's crazy, man. It was crazy. it was bananas. I mean, front to back, that that show was it was incredible. I saw it in Portland, and uh, ever since then, I've been a huge Mudvayne fan. And uh, they've played here in the Treasure Valley a couple times, but I didn't think this would happen. I actually didn't think that they would end up doing this, but uh, indeed they have. And it looks like Chad is having a great time. Uh, he has been uh, enjoying a lot of the uh, the shows, and so uh, I hope they keep doing this, and I hope they make some new music when. Mudvayne played X-Fest. Was that the last time you saw him? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the last time we all saw him. Yeah, it was one of the last... Well, I mean, they, they ran on a couple... I mean, we were kind of like right at the beginning of that run, so some people may have followed them around or some other places. But yeah, that was their last kind of tour that they put together, which is great to have them back together. And Zom- Rob Zombie's on that Power Man. Is there another band on that bill? Rob besides? Zombie, Power Man 5000, and uh, there might be somebody else. But, yeah. but uh, you are going to go check that out, which is awesome. What's it called again? The tour's got a name? The shake, uh, the shake your ass tour. No, that's not it. It's like the Misfits or something weird like that. Uh, Groove your body. No, tour? I'll look it up and find out. Morning after with Nick and Big J. The Determined tour. No, it's not. It's not named after Mudvayne. That much I could promise you. Uh, we got ourselves some important stuff coming up here in a few minutes. <laughs>
and Big J. I'm sure I don't have to tell a lot of people this, but plenty of people work at jobs that don't require strenuous physical activities, right, Big J? Yeah. Uh, not all of us work in the construction world. God bless those of you that do, that work your tails off, that physically do manual labor. It is not easy. That I recognize, and which is why I completely respect those of you that done it, having done it myself, and then decided I wanted to do everything I could to avoid that. Yeah, me too. But still, there are days where... You know, you get home from work and you, you're not working a physically active job, but you still feel like, listen, not today, man. I'm not going to clean the house or I'm not going to exercise or I'm not going to do anything. I just had too long of a day at the office. And while, you know, sometimes you may feel guilty because you're not out there digging ditches and building roads and you still feel tired, what a long study that followed about 4,000 people found out that, you know what, cognitive Tiredness can be just as effective as physical tiredness. They uh, basically, the Brain and Spine Institute put together this study and they found out that if you're thinking hard at work, it's just as tiring and strenuous on your body as if you're physically working hard at work, which is why when you get home after, let's say you have to pull a 10 hour shift, even though you're just sitting at a desk in your cubicle, but if you're working your ass off for those 10 hours, you get home and you go, oh, I don't want to do any. I know I have to clean the kitchen or the bathroom or whatever, but just not today. It's not happening. I'm too tired. Mental exhaustion. Exactly. They found out that that is a real and honest thing. And your reactions that you have to it that are the same as physical tiredness are real. And there's a reason for it. It's because, well, man, we our body gets tired in lots of different ways not just from a physical way but also from a mental way and so taking that break can be understandable from time to time so maybe there's some guilt attached to it because you know you're not out there you know doing the physical labor but the reality of it is there's a reason for it your body is tired it does need some time to rest now if you're using it as an excuse to live in filth and squalor then you've got a whole nother issue altogether Filth and squalor. Yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't cleaned your kitchen in three months because you say you're too tired to do so, uh, you're probably just lazy and uh, gross, and that's not a good combination to be if you want you know favorable living conditions. So try to keep that in mind. Yeah, stop being gross. Bill Russell passed away last week, and the NBA announced yesterday that his number six will be permanently retired across the NBA, the league, and the National Basketball Association. Uh, it's the first time that they've ever done that in the NBA. Adam Silver, the commissioner, said the Hall of Famer Bill Russell's unparalleled success on the court and civil rights activism deserves to be honored in a unique way. Uh, players who currently wear number six, like LeBron James, can continue to do so. They get grandfathered in, much like when the uh, Major League Baseball decided to retire Jackie Robinson's number. Those that were currently wearing 42, like at the time, Mariano Rivera, were able to wear it until they retired as well, kind of grandfathered in, if you will, and then nobody else coming into the league was allowed to do that. Uh, the NHL has done this as well with one number. Do you know what number it is, Big J? The NHL. Uh, no, I don't. Is it Gordy House? It is number? not Gordy House. No. Do you know what number Gordy Howe wore? 69? No, just number 9. But uh, they retired 99 for Wayne Gretzky. Oh, 99. Yeah, that's right. In <laughs> honor of the all-time score. Okay, I asked that to you as a pop culture SmackDown question. You did, which is why I was giving it back to you. It did not work out. Rage Against the Machine have canceled their European tour date set to run August 24th through September 19th because Zach De La Roca has a pretty serious leg injury that's forcing him to sit on all of their North American dates currently that they're on. Uh, their last show at New York's Madison Square Garden uh, it was it for the North American tour and so he needed to return home. Apparently he needs uh, surgery in order to recover from the injury that he suffered. They didn't really get into specifics as to what it was, but uh, the doctors have required him or recommended that he doesn't travel, and so they decided that going to the UK and Jeez. Europe is just too much for a complete recovery for him to make sure he is, you know, working on all cylinders, so they decided to cancel the European leg of the dates. Not reschedule, cancel. So that's it for the Rage Against the Machine kind of reunion tour, at least for the foreseeable future. What happens now, we don't know, but, uh, you know, you could kind to tell i mean he injured his leg in the first show he was running around there having a good time and then he just stopped and sat down for the rest of the show and then every show since he has not moved from the center of the stage so something is clearly wrong with that leg what that is we don't know but he's going to need some surgery and then time to recover
cover in order to pull that off. So they are going to be taking some time. And then hopefully, who knows what happens in the future. They seem to have a really good time putting this stuff on. The show sold out everywhere they went. So there's a demand for it. And hopefully, there's more Rage Against the Machine. Dan Green? I mean, what could you possibly have? I can't go to Europe. Well, I... I, I My mean, leg. I think... I don't think it's gangrenous. But I do believe that, you know, listen, Zach DeLaRocca, you know, you're at a point now where it takes a while to recover from surgery when you're older. You know what I mean? And if it's a serious surgery or he needs a pin or something like that, you may need like two to three months to recover and immobilize it to make sure it heals correctly. I'm just saying, take some notes from Dave Grohl. But a broken leg is different than maybe something that needs an actual surgical kind of repair. Okay, take a note from Ronnie Lott. Uh, You want him to cut off his leg. Yes. You think that would help? That would be raging against the machine. No, the machine would be doing Amputate your leg and go on tour. (laughs) Morning After with Nick and Big J. I'm going to hell and you know it. The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. It's a weird story, man, and it's one of those things where you look at it with clean eyes and you go, A, how did this happen? B, how did this happen for so long? And C, aren't there things in place to make sure stuff like this doesn't happen? But we're headed to Topeka, Kansas for today's We're Going to Hell story. And it's a story that began in 2018 and 2019 when basically Sean Parcells was hired as a uh, an assistant to a coroner in Topeka, Kansas, right? Yeah. And usually, uh, people that work in a coroner's office that that have to deal with coroners and dead bodies have attended some sort of school, right? You would think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of jobs out there where being self-taught is not necessarily a bad thing at all. In fact, it's encouraged, and you can be very good at that job while teaching yourself your own skills. But I would say the medical world, probably not in that particular category. Uh, and especially those that are doing, you know, like autopsies on bodies to try to find causes of death and provide evidence for murder cases and all sorts of stuff. Serious stuff. Yes. But uh, what they, they did know that this guy, Sean Parcells, was a self-taught pathology student is basically what his resume said. But they hired him anyway. And I don't know what self-taught Good pathology him, means. Good yeah. for him. Except, Big J, he was comically bad at his job and didn't know anything that what he was doing. But for two years, Big J, the city of Topeka, Kansas, basically treated everything that this guy said as gospel. I mean, not, not a small town. No, no. He performed well over 282 autopsies on his own in his particular time at that office. And, Big J, upon re-examination of them... Almost all of them were wrong. He did a really bad job finding cause of death, time of death, certain reasons for death, all that kind of stuff. So basically, it was like you or I were doing an autopsy, if that makes sense. Now, if the consequences for this wasn't so serious, this would be hilarious. Uh, right. I mean, I mean, this would be like, uh, in say you're doing a satire of a, of a crime show. I mean, this is the ME that you want. Just kind of takes a guess. Says, you know what? Uh, I think maybe this guy, this guy uh, died from uh, exhaustion. Uh, blunt force trauma to the leg. Clearly, there's a gunshot. So you know. yeah, I mean, and so it, it's it's really, really, really bad. So basically, what ended up happening yesterday is he was found guilty of falsifying information on a bunch of stuff where he clearly didn't know what he was doing, but just wanted to fill out autopsy reports anyway. And so now we've got a real situation where. He has got a bunch of cases on the books where he was the basic, you know, person performing the autopsy for some cases that went to court, some convictions that were made, and all sorts of stuff that happened in his time as a coroner employee where he shouldn't even have had that job. So he was uh, ordered to pay more than 700000 in restitution and fines, which of course he doesn't have, so those families will never see that money. But also, they have to go back to 2019, 2018, and a bunch of other cases that he was involved in and really talk about the people that are in jail or uh, convicted of crimes or were they were they accidental deaths that were, were ruled homicides or homicides that were ruled accidental. I mean, yeah. they have to re-examine all of this stuff. So, obviously, this impacts a ton of crime cases. This impacts even more families 
who thought the cases were closed or they had a reason for their loved ones passing and now all that stuff is completely undone and the city is trying to figure out like how do we spin this to make it look like we're not totally incompetent and hired somebody that didn't belong on the job and let them do that job for two years really really poorly so there's a bunch of checks and balances that are supposed to go into these things to make sure this job is done correctly even by people that know what they're doing and none of that stuff happened either so basically uh the city of topeka is reeling because of this particular situation so a reminder that while being self-taught in some businesses are very good and you can't be good at it in others, you kind of need a little bit of education and expertise. And I would say performing autopsies probably one of those things, you know? Yeah. Agreed. So don't do, you know, your own autopsy. Don't pretend you know what you're doing because you probably don't. Doesn't matter how many books you read. You probably aren't that great at it. So a lesson to be learned for all of us, courtesy of We're Going to Hell. Morning After with Nick and Big J. It is the x Rocks. That is Nirvana. That is Heart-Shaped Box here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Big J, I'm going to have to defer to your knowledge on this topic because I am not the TikTok expert of the group. You, however, have some experience with the platform. Agree or disagree? Yeah. And there's a lot of things on TikTok that I think you and a lot of other people can understand the popularity of it, why it's trending and why it's popular videos on that particular platform, i.e., you know, they have the, uh, you know, the, the recipe video that you enjoy watching that makes sense to me why mm-hmm. they're easily accessible uh, some of the challenge stuff that are on there you can understand why that goes viral but there is one particular category that is incredibly popular on TikTok that even the company itself can't figure out why and uh, I don't know if they're spending a lot of time on it but they have some numbers and it is incredible how many people follow and watch videos of women farting on TikTok. Have you stumbled upon these? No, no, thank God. Uh, I don't know how that happens, but apparently it is a huge subspecies of the TikTok world. And uh, apparently there are over uh, 60 million followers of a particular TikToker that is, uh, she's called Irritable Bowel Girl. Jesus. Congratulations to everybody involved. And uh, apparently, not only is she an advocate for IBS, which is kind of educating people on it, but also, basically, she just has a bunch of videos of her farting. Uh, I have no idea how attractive she is, but apparently that's part of the uh, the videos that are very popular. The more attractive the woman that is farting, the more people that are into it. What the hell, man? And I don't understand why it's a thing or how, but apparently this is where, uh, you know, the freaks come out to play. And that's one of the deals that's involved in this TikTok world is there's a lot of different corners of this stuff. Well, remember we're talking in. about the lady who was making so much money selling jars of her gas? Yes. Yeah, it's a much bigger fetish than I think I had any indication that it was. And good for you. Uh, that is correct. Uh, of course, you know, she is using this as a platform to talk a little bit more about IBS and get the word out there about the issues involved in it. But also, it's one of those deals where it's, it's where interesting people come to meet up. And there are lots of accounts on TikTok. They said well over 30,000 uh, just in North America alone, Big J, of women that uh, enjoy passing gas on the platform. And there's millions upon millions of views about this stuff. And so somebody actually went to TikTok and said, why do they think, why do you think it's so popular? And they basically went, well, we don't know, man. Uh, people are weird. <laughs> we have no idea. We don't know why people enjoy these kind of videos. But uh, I guess if you do, you're not alone. That makes you feel good. You're but not alone. nobody has an answer as to why these things are as popular as they are. But it also makes me worry and fear for our future here's, and our society in general. probably how it started. And it wasn't like one of those things where, like, you know what? People love farts i'm gonna just you know it was probably screwing around and they just screwed around and posted a video and it started to get a bunch of likes and then you're like whoa this this is working the other stuff i'm trying to put on here this content is working i'm gonna focus in on this and then it becomes that's how it becomes a huge deal why people are interested in that don't know I agree, but also, like, I mean, I know everybody is desperate for their 15 minutes of fame, but do you want to be known as the world's most famous farter? Is that Listen, here's the thing. It's not just fame. It's money. I guess. Like, you're talking money. 60 million followers? You know, she's making money. I mean, at that point, she probably doesn't have to do anything ever again. No, no, but it still seems, I don't know, uh, depressing to me. 
<laughs> but listen, if you have a talent, you might as well use it. And if not that even a talent, ha- happens an idea. to be your talent, no, an sure. idea. But I mean, the, the the point is, like, there's so many other copycat people out there that are doing this exact same thing and making also money themselves. That it is, you know, not something everybody can do. You know, we've talked about this before. I believe being able to do that kind of thing on command is something that people <laughs> can either do or they can't do. It's a superpower. We've agreed on this. Uh, and so there is a lot of it out there, I guess. Uh, nobody knows why it's popular. Nobody probably will cop to enjoying it, I'm guessing, if asked <laughs> directly. But uh, a lot of people are watching it. So that's probably a thing that's going to be around for a while, whether we all like it or not. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Here's traffic. Check out my fart. No, I will not. Thank you. How about we take a look uh, inside? Are you actually grunting no, right I'm now? Not. Uh, let's take a look inside the TDS Fiber Traffic Center. It is brought to you by the Idaho Lottery. What's going on, CB? It's important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. We know a lot of people are changing jobs right now. It is one of those things where lots of people are hiring. There's lots of opportunities for people that want to change jobs or careers or get more money or work for a better person. All sorts of different reasons why, but one thing many HR advisors are telling you that if you are jumping from one job to another, specifically if it's a full-time position, never, ever, ever accept their first offer for how much money they're giving you. There's some wiggle room there, especially now. So Big J, share some of your contract negotiation and salary negotiation tips. Uh, you, oh, you want to keep me employed here? Awesome. Thank you. Have you ever negotiated for more money? In this job? In any job. No. You haven't? No. Not once? Also, I've been here 23 years. Uh Uh-huh. The same place. Yeah. But I mean, you've had like things come up and employment ingredients get renewed. You never, ever asked for additional money? (laughs) No. Oh, wow. I'd like That's to also, actually incredibly surprising. I'd also like to say there's a reason I'm still here. I <laughs> yeah. still have a job. Yeah, you don't complain about anything. I don't complain about it. And more importantly, I'm just like, listen, the best security is job security, bro. In this job, in this business. And so, yeah, I didn't make, I don't make a big stink. Should, should probably be paid more. Yeah, absolutely. Based on results for the most part. And so, uh, but it's not one of those one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I want to rock the boat because, uh, you know, I've had I've had so many close calls due to budgets and things like that. I don't want to have a big target on my back. It's so funny that you say that because uh, according to the HR advisors that are putting together these particular tips, uh, one thing you should definitely not be afraid of is rocking the boat or being scared. Or looking dumb because yeah, there's don't work in radio. lots of reasons why they are offering you that position. And odds are they have a particular kind of scale involved in how much they're willing to pay for that position. And worst case scenario, they go, sorry, this is the maximum amount of money that we have available for that position. And you get the offer that you asked for anyway. But best case scenario, you're making 5-10% more than they originally offered you. So, especially if you're changing jobs, don't be scared to ask for more money. Any kind of salary offer is always a negotiation. And as they say with any negotiation, the first person to throw out a number usually loses. So keep that in mind as well. Don't forget to value yourself and the work that you do as well is an important factor in all this stuff. But listen, man, if you just want a job or stay employed or well, you're scared or whatever, do whatever you want to do. But reminder that usually there's some wiggle room in any kind of job offer that is given to you. Normally, if you're an employer, if you run a company, Big J, and you want to hire somebody, you're not going to offer them the maximum amount of money that you can. Well, no, yeah, of course not. You're trying to save money. Right. And so that means that everybody's got wiggle room, I guess, is the point. So don't be afraid to do that and ask for what you think you're worth and give your value attached to something. That's all. Great. Uh, And I think you've got two more years before your uh, employment agreement's up. So think about that next time around. You would know. Tom Brady was not at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp yesterday. Yesterday, beginning uh, what head coach Todd Boyle said is an 11-day plan absence by the quarterback to address, quote, personal things. The Brady won't be back until after the preseason game against the Titans, which is happening on August 21st. So basically, that this was something that he told the team about a while ago. Uh, why they're just announcing it now seems like a pretty bad idea and a pretty big distraction and a dumb thing to do. But 
Yeah, because everybody wants to tie it to the whole Miami thing, right. and I, I have a feeling it's probably not great news for Tom Brady and his family. Uh, so. But right, but that's the whole. But that's like, I mean, it's so weird the way NFL teams are just bungling really easy things to handle on a regular basis to me. But yes, if, if the, unless you're right, this has something to do with something and they're not telling anybody, that could be. But according to everybody, Tom had asked for this before he even decided to come back, this particular side of things, these time, this time off. And so it is interesting that it's just coming out now. Seems like a bad plan and more of a distraction than it probably should be for Buccaneers is what I'm saying. Or overzealous, uh, busy reporter types. Uh, could very well be. I mean, I don't see anything in the story attached to the Dolphins thing, so I don't know where you got that. But I'm guessing, yeah, there could be some people that are doing that and drawing their own conclusions. But uh, who knows who that is? Happy retirement to James White, Big J. The former three-time Super Bowl winning running back has decided to call it a career. The 30-year-old was trying to come back from hip surgery after he dislocated it in the 2021 season, but has decided it's just not worth it for his body to do that. Incredible success in his uh, six years in the league, including three Super Bowl victories with the New England Patriots. Do you remember where James White went to college, Big J? Boy, I don't know. University of Wisconsin. Uh, happy retirement to James White, uh, one of the better running backs in the Patriots organization, and certainly got that job done in that comeback victory over the Falcons in that Super Bowl win that they won in overtime. Well, this might be it. We told you that when Esmond Miller got in trouble for the burglary in Vermont and charged with felonies because of it, that could be the straw that broke the camel's back for the Flash movie. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, that very well could be the case. They are considering, I'd say they, Warner Brothers, shelving the Flash movie because of all the issues with Ezra Miller. It's the first time they've really kind of talked about deciding not to release the movie at all, but especially considering it cost them $200 million to put this up. The release date is supposed to be June 23rd of 2023, which means it's still eight months away. Think of how much trouble Ezra Miller can get in in that amount of time. Yeah, but you also have to think about making a decision sooner than later because uh, while it costs 200 bucks, $200 million to make the movie, it's going to cost another 80 at least to uh, for you know marketing and that sort of stuff. I mean, so they could really be in trouble. I mean, the sooner you're going to make that decision, but crazy that you'd even think you'd have to do that. According to Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers is preparing for three possible scenarios. The number one would be demanding that the actor seek some sort of professional help. I would hope they already did that. And then that's what I was thinking too like what are they dragging their feet on and then do limited press for the movie including an interview explaining his behavior which could go sideways as it is the second scenario would be the actor would not be allowed to do any publicity about the movie and then the role would be recast so basically everything that he does would be thrown out in future films so what's the point of releasing it anyway and then the third is if more allegations and charges come which there could be they're just going to dump the movie as they did with back is that family still missing uh, yes, yes, the okay, family well, that is attached to him is still missing. They cannot find the mother and the girl that have accused him of doing some terrible things in the past, and that's not a good thing to have happen. So uh, we'll see where this goes. Again, if, I, if I'm a betting man, I don't think we ever see this movie, man. I just, I can't, I can't, I mean, you can't hit your wagon to somebody this disconnected and doing this many different things wrong and try to, I mean, even if it does come out, you're going to have some pushback as to who the hell's going to see it. Do you want to even see a movie with Ezra Miller in it at this point? You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of dirtiness and grossness attached to it. And why would you want to encourage that behavior or, you know, send money that way? Uh, Michael Keaton's cursed. He's got some rough okay, stuff going on right Because he's in Batgirl, <laughs> yeah. right? Bringing back the old Batman is in Batgirl and this movie and like an appearance in Aquaman 2. So uh, let's look out, Aquaman 2. Yeah, I would be careful if I were that. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. Pop Culture Smackdown. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Oh, baby, the time you've been waiting for, friends. X-Fest 2022 is almost upon us. It's almost a week away here, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Subaru. And guess what? We have tickets to hand out, and you're going to win tickets to X-Fest 2022, and you're going to get qualified for the best seats in the house thanks to the Lifetime Store up on a riser. I mean, it's going to be nice, and uh, you'll be taken care of uh, like kings and queens of X-Fest, I guess. 
right? I hope so. Okay, good. Dad, you just need to beat Nick here. And Pop Culture Smackdown will not be an easy feat for y'all. 208-287-1003 if you'd like guaranteed X-Fest 22 entrance and then qualification for the best seats in the house. You just have to answer these questions. Let's see how you do. To the phones we go. Hello, the X. Hey, good morning. Good morning, man. You're up first. Good luck. What does a Scoville unit measure? Uh, he in peppers. There you go. Right. Boom. Right on. Uh, Nick, before the MCU finally took shape, this actor had the displeasure of portraying the big green guy in 2003. Uh, that would be Eric Bana. Eric Bana is correct. Right. Nicely done. Uh, what is the world's biggest island? Is it Greenland, Eagle Island, or Lake Lowell Island? Greenland. Okay, right. there you go. I just didn't know for sure. If I mean. I'm trying here. I'm trying, okay. Nick, uh, during World War II, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights were all moved from Washington, D.C. and stored during World War II. Do you know where that was? No. All the most important documents in our country were stored. Uh, Nick Cage's house. I have no idea no, where they, they moved the documents to. That's uh, your terrible American. Do you know? Uh, I'm going to guess NORAD. No, it's not NORAD. Uh, the NORAD didn't Wrong. exist then. Uh, Fort Knox. Fort Knox. Right. Ooh, we'll keep nice. all the gold in Colorado. Congratulations, man. You got yourself X-Fest 22 tickets, and you are also qualified for the best seats in the house, courtesy of the Lifetime Store. Please hold on. We will get some information from you. Make sure you're all set and good to go there. Uh, more chance at X-Fest tickets coming up this morning and all of next week here on The Morning After, so keep sticking around for your chance to win them. We're going to talk lounge at the end of the universe next on the X-Rocks. <laughs> Blink-182 here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. It is 100.3 The X Rocks. Another busy weekend at Lounge at the End of the Universe. We try to tell you how cool this place is from time to time. They have such a variety of different events that are going on. It's a fantastic venue for live comedy. It's a great venue for some amazing plays that go on in the Treasure Valley. And it's also a musical venue, which is going to be highlighted this weekend as we are joined in studio by Sean Mayer, who's going to be there tomorrow night performing live. Sean, thank you for getting up early and coming in. We appreciate that oh, very much. thank you for having me. Uh, You've been to Idaho before, but let's talk a little bit about the origin story because you've been in this business for a while. It's not yes. your first rodeo. What made you decide this is something that I want to do? I want to be a musician. I mean, I think I was always called to music. I, um, as a kid, like there was a lot of chaos going on when I was a kid, so uh, I really, I got, I inherited like my parents' old eight-track and vinyl player, and I would go to farm sales and buy boxes of eight tracks for like fifteen cents, and I would just get lost in the music, and I always liked it, but. My dad always made me pay my way into the pits because I had to be his pit crew. He raced modified race cars. Okay. And man, $20 back then was a lot of picking up rock and walking beans. Sure. And I'm like, man, I don't want to pay $20. So they they used to play this recording of the National Anthem. And I was like, I bet if I learn the National Anthem, they'll let me in for free. Nice. And uh, the local county fair had me open for Skinner when I was like 15 with the National Anthem. And then I went home and took out a loan for 10 grand, had my parents co-sign. And I worked like three jobs and started playing for free at the local bar. Wow. Just busting your ass and doing what you can to get yeah, the gigs man. and make it happen, huh? And then made my first trip uh, down to Nashville with, uh, it was like the senior citizen trip yeah. um, <laughs> with the radio station to Nashville. And so I rode the little Greyhound bus with them and we stopped at every like little farm sale along the way. Yeah. And, yeah. And I fell in love with Nashville and I just started taking cards and names and hitting people up and making trips back and forth. I mean, you just road dogged it, huh? Mm -hmm. Just uh, knocked on some doors, right? Yeah, I mean, I think growing up in the Midwest, you kind of learn how to like just, you know, tough your way through things. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kept going back ever since. What That's is, awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, what a surreal first gig, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting, you know, like it, especially since I used to watch like the MTV behind the music, um, or VH1. It was yeah, VH1, VH1 behind, behind the, the music. music, and uh, I watched the Skinner, you know, documentary and everything. And I w and they gave me a choice. The county fair had heard my national anthem at the racetrack, and they were like, "Hey, we have all these artists to choose from." And I was like, "Oh, Skinner, all yeah, the way. that's awesome." Ah, uh, it was. 
It was super awesome. And they were so chill. Not so much when I was peeking around the trailers, but, <laughs> then, but then they came out and talked to me, and then they were so chill. That's cool. <laughs> and, of course, you know, you, you've you been doing this for a while. You mentioned, you know, kind of making the pilgrimage to, to Nashville. That's kind of where you, you do a lot of stuff, but also back home in Iowa. But, you know, you, you, we talked off the air about you were on Nashville Star, the reality show, uh, yeah. back in 2008. But, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole you as a country artist because I don't think that's what you are. You definitely walk nah. the line between, you know, the rock, the country, the soul, the blues. You have a whole bunch of different genres that you – dip your toe into which is great that you're able to have that kind of variety but i mean does that make it sometimes difficult when you're trying to plan or write new music or anything like that um for me it doesn't make it difficult because i fell in love i mean i that box of eight tracks you know the, everything from meatloaf to you know dolly parton to the eagles and tom petty it just was um for me I feel great when I get to co-write with people and they, they want to write with me. I do have a little bit of a panic attack every time before. <laughs> I do it because I do often get told, um, we don't know what to do with you. Um, you sound confused, which I don't feel like I sound confused. I just feel like all the artists that I, I grew up listening to had their own sound and it was made up of all the different artists that they loved growing up. And so that was just kind of how I you know, absorbed music. Sure. So it's it's given me a hard time, I think, as far as being, um, figuring out how to market myself, but I'd really just find awesome people that, you know, fall in love. You either, I kind of find that you either kind of love my voice or you hate it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen that reaction playing downtown on Broadway for, you know, 12 years. I saw everything. Sure. Playing 12 hour shifts a day. I saw people make faces. I had people take their tips out of my jug. I mean, just... You know, but I, the more I got challenged, the more I, I think that like Midwestern, like toughen up, like it made me kind of own myself even more. Right. Well, I mean, the music industry is in love with putting labels on people and making oh. you fall into <laughs> How a dare particular they tell lane. You, that you sound confused. You know, <laughs> that just is kind of like a lame type of situation. But also, you know, we, we live in a world now where everybody has their own playlist, which has so much variety of the type of music yeah. that they listen to that it makes sense for somebody to come along and be able to kind of walk that line with all those different kinds of genres. And that's a credit to you and your talent because it can't be easy. I mean, it's probably easier to just go, you know what, I'm a country or I'm a rock artist and for just sure. fall in line in that. But to be able to kind of go back and forth is certainly a testament to your talent. So you've been doing this for a while. You, you did the reality show thing for a while, which probably was good for exposure but Swell. also yes. <laughs> great way to put it but it, it probably did put some eyeballs on you and helped out oh, a little gosh. bit right it changed my life i mean it really did i it it really fast forwarded me into the industry to see a lot of things i don't think i would have saw right away it also made me find my voice um for myself because i had so many you know even when I was on the show, you're being kind of told what to sing. You're kind of being told how to do it mm -hmm. just a little bit. You're kind of just being molded. I was told I was super difficult, but, you know, yeah, I, I just had an opinion. Sure. And uh, but the reality sh changed everything. My song that I wrote that got me on the show, I'm Not Looking Back, got me a publishing deal. And I had never really written with people. That song was just like my private little diary song. Yeah. And, and I got to experience co-writing and a publishing deal and all of that, and that changed everything. That's awesome. That is it, awesome. And you have been there in Nashville long enough to see it become the epicenter of music now. I mean, it's oh like, you know, it's not just country anymore. It's, it's not way, at all. It's, it's a rock place. I mean, gosh, Korn records their albums there, et cetera. So Shinedown it, does all, all their rehearsals yeah. there. Mm -hmm. They're my boys. And yeah, there's blues, rock, rap, um, R&B, spoken word, anything. <laughs> you, you just have to find it. Because down on Broadway, I mean, most of the stuff that they play, I mean, although at night, it's a lot of rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, they're playing a lot of rock and roll late at night. The daytime is like my favorite time on Broadway anymore these days, just because it's less crowds, less lines, and a lot more like acoustic artists. I find something so raw about somebody just sitting there with nothing else around them and just, you know, kind of opening up themselves. That yeah. just. I dig that. It's awesome. You know, you, you've had a chance to play a lot of places on, on stage, huge stages in front of a TV audience. You've, I'm sure, done coffee houses and bars and all that kind of stuff. Is there a particular venue, a particular crowd that you really enjoy playing to? I 
fell in love with Europe. Okay. And now, um, recently been to South America. I, I w- walked into a local bar um, in Argentina, and I was like, uh, "Can I play for free?" And just let me play. The people are so passionate, and they really like. Well, they like American music, but um, I would say my my most memorable shows were probably in Switzerland. Uh, playing this little basement but it was the second time I played there and it was so packed people were like sitting underneath me as I played which was I felt so bad for them because I sweat so bad (laughs) I'm so sorry it was like getting dripped on and like but man they were pounding on the floor and I only played they only want to hear originals no covers yeah and I'm super blessed to play covers but man I want to play my stuff yeah you know and they just they love it. That's awesome. It's great yeah. to see that passion out of the audiences. That's that's definitely a big thing. And of course, you have albums out, you have singles out, you have a great way to check you out on Spotify and the yeah. streaming networks as well. If people want to check you out, of course, you're playing live tomorrow night at Lounge at the End of the Universe. That show starting at 8 o'clock. You can grab your tickets at loungeboise.com. But if they want to follow you on social media or find your music, what's a great place to do that online? Uh, Instagram. I mean, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, you know, iTunes, all the things. But I, I'm mostly um, I probably post more on Instagram because I, I don't have to think of what to say. It's just pictures. There you go. <laughs> you know, like when you're singing and talking all the time, and I talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's better just to just have a picture now and then. <laughs> and what's the handle so the people can follow you? It's just Sean Mayer. Uh, most of the time you can just type it in, and I, I usually am the first one that pops up. Fantastic. I, I, know, I Google myself. So. Definitely <laughs> check it out if you get a chance at tomorrow night at Lounge at the End of the Universe. And a reminder as well, uh, we talked to Justin last week about the great play American Buffalo by David Mamet. That's still going on. Uh, this week, next week, and the week after uh, happening at Lounge at the End of the Universe. You can grab those tickets as well at loungeboise.com. You will not be sorry. Sean, ha- thank you for coming back into Idaho for a little yeah, while. Oh, it was great to meet me. you. Love your music, and hopefully you have a chance to check it out tomorrow night at the Lounge at the End of the Universe. Thank you very much, Sean. We appreciate you. you. Morning After with Nick and Big J on the way. Some headlines. Let's take a look at traffic here real quick. It is brought to you by Valley Regional Transit. Here's CB. <laughs> Headlines brought to you by Coors Light. Hey, we are going to be a week away from X-Fest 2020 on Sunday, kids. And that means next week's going to be chock full of opportunities for us to be out and about in the Treasure Valley and you to score some tickets to X-Fest as we head up to the week of the beautiful concert that is happening on Sunday the 21st. Uh, first of which is happening on Wednesday evening. Another X-Fest ticket hit at the Frontier Club in Meridian right there on Broadway. Uh, Adam going to be out there broadcasting live from 6 to 8 with your x tickets and your Coors Light drink specials. Same thing happening the next day, Thursday the 18th, 6 to 8, and we're going to be out at the Gathering Place there in Eagle, which is at 50 East State Street. That's where you can find us and find your X-Fest tickets, courtesy of Coors Light next week here with the X-Rock. So clear your schedule and grab yourself an adult beverage or two and some X-Fest tickets while you're at it. Headlines are as follows. Take that, boss. World's best daughter and leave them alone. World's best daughter. A daughter of an art collector allegedly used fake psychics to convince her mother that the objects in the home were possessed and needed to be sold, according to a Brazilian Man, police report. That's low, dude. Sabine Bagici is a former Brazilian model. She was arrested in Rio de Janeiro on charges of stealing about $140 million worth of art and jewelry from her mother. She also has been charged with embezzlement and extortion, so her mom collected a bunch of high-valued art, and then she hired psychics to convince her mom, who believed in all this stuff, that this stuff was possessed and she needed to sell it as quickly as possible, and then she would sell it to have her daughter do that, and then the daughter kept all the money. So it's like, man, you know, it's one thing to be a con artist, which is already pretty low, but to con your own elderly mother out of stuff? Boo. Boo! I say. Yeah, it's a selfish person right there. Special place in hell for that woman. Hopefully she's in jail for a long, long time. Take that, boss, or leave them alone. Leave them alone! Big J, can you please give the manatee some privacy? That is what a Florida police department is asking. Down in Sarasota, they posted a warning on social media a couple days ago that said, Hey, listen, if you see a manatee in, in a mating ritual, please observe distance from them and do not touch them. Uh, You know they're posting it on social media because a bunch of Floridians are filming manatees having sexual relations, Big J, and then trying to get involved in it, and it doesn't go well. Involved in it? Well, you know, like trying to get up close, and they're like, hey, man, we want some privacy. Let's go. Get out of here. Uh, a bunch of beachgoers allegedly tried to touch a group mating session because, you know, manatees, they don't get it on one-on-one. You understand, Big J? 
It's like, like a big the orgy. Manatee orgy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they called them manatee balls for some reason. What? Uh, manatees are still considered a vulnerable species, and it's illegal to touch them. I did not know that. But uh, they definitely don't want you to do while they're mating because, well, they need more manatees, number one. And number two, uh, that's when they can be pretty aggressive, Big J. And I can imagine you probably don't want to be the one who dies from a manatee attack, right? No. Nobody wants that in their own bit. It's not a good way to go. Probably fairly embarrassing because it's not like manatees are fast. But boy, are they strong and they can bite hard, Big J. So watch out. So you need an invite to the manatee ball. Do you understand what I'm telling and you? And you can't have one. Humans are look, not invited. Look, but don't touch. Also, hey, don't look at that stuff, guys. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I mean, let them do their thing in peace. Who wants to watch a bunch of animals get it on, you sickos? Go find something else to do on a Florida beach. God, Florida's the worst. We'll wrap it up with Take That, Boss. Meta, which of course is Facebook's parent company, has released an AI chatbot with a lot to say about Mark Zuckerberg, which is never good. Uh, it's called BlenderBot, and it's part of Meta's effort to create AI that mimics human behavior. So it uses internet searches to answer questions. And somebody asked the, the, this bot what its thoughts on Mark Zuckerberg was, and the bot responded, quote, I don't really like him at all. He's creepy and manipulative. Uh, which is never a good thing to say to your boss, certainly not one that you have programmed as well. So the Blender bot has been taken offline for a little bit to make sure it's searching the right things about Mark Zuckerberg, BJ. Because <laughs> they don't want it talking smack about the big boss. So maybe you got to program that AI better. I'm not sure anybody would be using it for that reason, but hey, listen, it was good for somebody to find the weak's part in the armor. So well done. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on all the things you need to know. We are going to do bad impressions. That's coming up next on the X Rocks. Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. Bad impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. Easy in, easy out location next to the Idaho Center exit off the freeway. And we got X-Fest tickets, baby. It's uh, happening August 21st out of the Ford Idaho Center Amphitheater. And we will get you hooked up those tickets and get you qualified for best seats in the house thanks to the Lifetime Store. Uh, you just need to figure out bad impressions here this morning to win, baby. 208-287-1003 is the phone number. Big J's got three clues that revolve around somebody pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is in those three clues or less, guess who's going to X-Fest? It rhymes with you. So get on the phone and let's see if we can play. And good luck to everybody. Let's go to the phones. Hello, the X. How you guys doing today? We're good, brother. What's your name? Michael. All right, Michael. You're up first. Good luck. I was the OG Laura Croft. Well, at least the first actress to play her in a movie. Next question. <laughs> I starred in some cool movies like Hackers, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Salt. Angelina Jolie. There you yeah, go. Yeah, good job, man. Congratulations, Mike. Hang on one second. We'll hook you up with those X-Fest tickets. What was clue three? Uh, I won an Oscar for my humanitarian work. They just created an Oscar to give her. It's not true. She won an Oscar for Girl Interrupted. Uh, why oh, is tell that to IMDb page? <laughs> I will. Why is Angelina Jolie in the news? Uh, she now has a freshman in college. Uh, she dropped off Zahara, her daughter, at uh, Spielman College and shed some tears. Uh, was it emotional when you sent the girls off to college? Before? No, it was get out. Well, one of them actually went off to college here for a while. Yeah, um, and so that was fun. It was interesting, and uh, but uh, you know, got us used to kicking kids out of the house. Uh, were, well, uh, here's the deal: w w were there tears when you became an empty nester? How about that? For nah, a little while, yeah, it was sad. It was a bummer. Uh, so, yeah, I imagine probably more so for the misses than you. Uh, but uh, no, I was also I was like, oh Aww. man, it's boring around here. The good news is no longer empty nesters, right? <laughs> no. No, it's like a boomerang. Came right back. <laughs> so don't worry, Sahara. You'll probably be back sooner than you know. But congratulations to uh, to her as well as uh, Angelina for making that happen. It's a pretty big moment in everybody's life. Did it say what college she was going to? Spielman College, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. Congratulations to everybody. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will wrap up this show here next on the X-Rocks. <laughs> disturbed hey you hey you that's wrapping up the morning after with nick and big j for this week and that's a wrap for big j until x fest man he is going on Meh. vacation well, i mean he'll be he'll be here on saturdays and he's got a remote next week and all that kind of stuff i'm just talking about morning after stuff yeah uh, wrap until X-Fest as he enjoys some well-deserved vacation. So hopefully that will be a good trip for you uh, and your entire family. As a matter of fact, I know the whole crew is... Did the Are the girls going out with you? 
No, they're leaving the day after. Okay, so everybody's flying separately, kind of going on their own little uh, time schedule, but it's going to be a great family trip to Vegas, I'm sure. Yeah, the Bakers are driving down there from uh, San Diego. I know our audience wanted to know that. So uh, make sure you have a chance to enjoy... up the bakers in front of your family but uh i do appreciate them because listen they housed us when we went to comic-con yeah so they're my friends as far as i'm concerned it's true. Uh, i know they don't know me from adam but still that's I'll not take true it. what are you talking about but uh i will remind everyone that if you want x-fest tickets next week will be a good time to tune in because we're giving away two pair every single show uh leading up to x-fest 22 so next week we'll have plenty of opportunities for you to win x-fest tickets special thank you to sean meyer for coming in here and talking about her performance tomorrow night at at the lounge at the end of the Universal Reminder American Buffalo is happening. Three performances every week for the next three weeks. You can grab your tickets and get more information at loungeboise.com. And a reminder, we'll have an X-Fest ticket hit beginning Wednesday. Frontier Club with Coors Light there in Meridian, 6 to 8 p.m. Adam will be broadcasting live from there, so make sure you get ready to win your X-Fest tickets out and about next week as well. And that leaves you with the floor, Big J. Yeah, hey, uh, speaking of which, uh, next week, Friday, uh, the morning after Facebook page, uh, at some point I'll be doing my uh, live stream. So. That's hap- Oh, that's right. Did you did yeah. you uh, did you have any more details that you needed to no. release? No. I mean, yeah, I, I should do something. I really uh we've met our goal <laughs> and so uh I haven't been super motivated to, but I'm going to do it. And listen, I'm going to be sitting by the pool uh, in a couple days and then uh, I'll probably come up with some ideas. Okay. I've got a lot of See, here's the problem. I'm going on vacation, but uh, I am not going on vacation from my brain. Uh and what's what's the so. at least the preliminary plan? Remind me of the time that this is going to happen or you don't have that even figured out yet. Oh, uh it'll probably be late afternoon into the evening. Okay. So no time is is, is slated just yeah. yet. Everything needs to be planned out between yeah, now and yeah. next. Yeah, yeah. All I've been doing is playing video games. Gotcha. You might as well do it online then, yeah. right? Yeah. And raise some money for charity while you're doing it. So keep an eye out for that as well. Have a good vacation, my friend. We'll see you when you come back. And we will see you on Monday here on the X Rocks. The Morning After Podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.